listening to Off The Line. Welcome back to Off The Line. My name's Jack. This episode's slightly different this week. Jake, Aiden, and myself have been very busy and didn't have to re- time to record last week. So for today's episode, I'm just going to hand it over to Jake, who's going to give his thoughts on Manchester United's 5-0 loss at home to Liverpool, Everton's 5-2 loss at home to Watford, and also West Ham knocking Manchester City out of the Carabao Cup. Uh, we'll return later this week, but for now, I'll hand it over to Jake. Starting off with the, the Liverpool game, you could probably probably tell from the tone of my voice I'm not exactly pleased with with what happened that was a, a great way to ruin a weekend anyway let me tell you but um yeah honestly it, it's like it's 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 one where it's hard to like actually put your finger and say like this is exactly what went wrong just because there was oh my god there was so much that went wrong actually I don't think anything went right in the game to be honest with you even VAR going against uh, Ronaldo scoring a goal not that it would have made a difference obviously it was already 5-0 at that point but um I guess that would have been a source of consolation, but of course, uh, ruled out uh, for offside. You know, Ronaldo, arguably, I guess, lucky to be on the field. I don't think it was a red card, but you kind of, it was like one of those where you knew, he knew what he was doing, even though he only kicked the ball. Like he knew he was, he was kind of taking a chunk out of Curtis Jones at the same time, Um, which obviously like, you know, I don't have a, a, I'm not going to say I don't have a huge problem with it, but I wasn't enraged at that. I was just enraged at the whole game in general. Um, There were just so many errors, like the first goal, uh, only just five minutes in, right after Bruno blazes a, a, dec- a pretty good opportunity actually over the bar. I thought he should have scored. And, you know, a minute later, Liverpool break and and they score the defense. Oh, my God. It was like that that game maybe two or three seasons ago. Jack, you'll know what I'm talking about. When when Everton played Southampton, I think Charlie Austin scored two goals and Everton's line, defensive line, was literally like a diagonal line across the pitch. Um, that's pretty much exactly what United looked like for, for most parts of this game, actually. And on the first goal you saw luke shaw was was isolated he didn't know i i kind of blame luke shaw for that goal like he, it, every problem is solved if he just steps up in line with the other defenders and, and plays um salah and keita and maybe Firmino or whoever else it was offside um then he doesn't have to deal with what he dealt after but yeah at that point it was difficult for him i think it was like a two-on-one or maybe even a three-on-one at that point so i can't necessarily blame shaw for that um yeah there's just so much going around in my head like about this game like David De Gea I don't think you could blame him for for any of the goals um realistically like you, I can't really pick out any single player and, and say that they they played well or they kept United in the game or anything but I, I don't think De Gea should get any any additional blame um based on this result <clears throat> unlike you know everyone else yeah it was just terrible you know Salah the, I think uh, the first the first um uh, what am I trying to say? The first uh, visiting player to score a hat-trick at Old Trafford in Premier League history. Um, clearly, I wasn't pleased to see that. Um, at halftime, actually, I, I was so, so upset. Like, 4-0 against your biggest rivals, game over. I was so upset at halftime that I had to go for, for like, a 15-minute walk around the around the neighborhood. And then when, when I came back, the second half had started, and it was, like, the 47th minute or whatever. And I, I literally had sat down for, like, like, 15 or 20 seconds, and Salah scored his hat-trick goal. So... Oh, let me tell you, that wasn't a a good feeling. I I had to I had to to throw the remote control. Um, 
but I threw it against my bed so it wouldn't break or anything. But I was I was very very angry. Uh, obviously, for some reason I decided to watch the whole game anyway, even though after it was three 0 I felt like turning the game off. But I said, uh, you know, this might be Solskjaer's last game. I I think I need to watch um watch all of it just to see what happens. Um, obviously, there's been lots of like speculation over over managers and stuff. Um, and uh, maybe we could kind of get into it next week or maybe like. Who knows, depending on the result, I guess. But you see, like, Eric Ten Hag being linked, Conte being linked. Um, who else has been linked? Like, Brendan Rodgers has been linked. Uh, Zidane has been linked, I think. So there's just lots of – even those four candidates, like, they're not, they're not like, the same style, all four of them. But, and, you know, you just have to choose one. It's, like, they're all, they're all different to, like, varying degrees. So that's, that's worrying. Uh, just my personal choice just from those four i think i would go for antonio conte but obviously there's there'd be worries with that as well just you know not necessarily just a style of play because having watched him at inter they did play like a, a more attacking than than you would see but he is someone who i feel like there'd be a, he he might have a hard time fitting in like maybe bruno maybe i i, I would i would bet on varan playing but varan's never really played in the back three aside from like two or three games for France recently. So who knows how he'd adapt. Um, yeah, there, there's just a lot of <clears throat> a lot of stuff to go around. Obviously, I'm not going to get into it, like I said, right now. So that's all I'm going to say for that. Um, yeah, just based on those candidates, Antonio Conte. Um, but you just see, like, throughout the game, like, Ole had a face, like, thunder on the sideline. Like, you could tell he wanted to rip someone's head off. So it was nice to see him show some emotion. That That is the one thing I could say about Solskjaer that does bug me sometimes is when United lose or whatever, and, and then – He's just smiling on the sidelines after the game. That that does just bug me. Um, probably another another childish um, reaction I have. But yeah, that I, it was just nice to see that he was taking the the defeat. Obviously, like obviously he was taking the defeat as hard as as hard as anyone. But yeah, I don't know. Like I said, there's just so many errors, and and you see a lot of people, United fans. We, me and Aiden speak about it sometimes. United fans are stupid. A lot of us. Um, but like you see a lot of people clamoring for Donny. I saw at halftime there was someone saying that that Donny should be subbed in at 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 CDM for Fred, and that way he could he can make the tempo like go faster. I said that, clearly this guy has never seen Donny at United because Donny isn't a CDM. Like he can't play there. He didn't even play there for Ajax, which is interesting. If Ten Hag comes into United, Donny he's the one who moved Donny up to playing like like a, a center mid, almost as a center attacking mid, but obviously just you know drifting around and, and dropping back. Um, so that'd be like an interesting dynamic, but yeah, Donnie is not a CDM and he doesn't upgrade the tempo at all, which is a main point. Like, I don't know what this guy was saying or what, what games he's been watching, but Donnie, and this is not just a, a blame Donnie. It's just the way he was taught to play at Ajax or whatever, but take like two, three touches, steady the ball and then pass it sideways. That's the way Donnie plays, which is why he doesn't fit in with his United because as we know, United are all about countering on, uh, on the break at, at pace and, and, you know, even with Bruno playing or Pogba playing speculative passes, long passes, just really stretching defenses or making them move laterally. So, yeah, that's not what Donny does at all. Um, yeah, I guess the big question is about Ole's future. You saw the day after the game and the day after that, there were lots of, you know, Romano was giving updates and a bunch of United fans. So I, I, that was a day, it was like when the Super League was ending. Um, I was on my phone for a lot of, a big part of the day, just kind of refreshing, seeing what's happening. And, and in the, in the end, obviously, Solskjaer has, has got apparently the next three games to correct course. Otherwise, changes will be made. This is like probably the lowest that my support's ever been for Solskjaer. Like, I can't really keep defending this. I know 
like for the for some goals like players have to do better like for example the first goal it's it's not Ole out there that's doing the bad defending it's Luke Shaw but still he's the one who sets them up and you really can't can't excuse a a five nil defeat and and I certainly can't come on here and say that you know Ole doesn't deserve any of the criticism he's gotten etc because it's clearly clearly nowhere near good enough um <clears throat> Yeah, and I don't know. It, it, it is tough because I will still defend Solskjaer. Like I said last week, like Solskjaer is my my manager. <laughs> I'll I'll uh, I'll defend him until the day he goes, and even after that. But yeah, you just see like lots of journalists. Like it's, this isn't just random people. You see lots of journalists saying, "Oh, I should have walked away after the the Europa League final defeat to Villarreal," and and not and even a lot of them are saying now that that Ole shouldn't have been given the job permanently and. You know, we knew back then that you shouldn't have been given the job permanently. But the, strangely, I didn't hear any of that at those times. I've only heard it now that that the, you know, the the it's the, you know, I'm I'm trying to come up with a polite way of saying it. Um, now that the stuff is hitting the fan, um, yeah. So like even after the Europa League final, of course we were all disappointed. You know, me and Aiden, like we were watching the game together, and then we as soon as the game was over, we kind of hung up and. I just lay down on my bed for the rest of the day. I really didn't feel like doing anything, but I didn't see very many people saying Solskjaer needs to leave after this. We still, I know it's the Europa League. It's a second competition. We only got there by getting knocked out of the Champions League, but you know, we got to a major, a major trophy final. It's not, not a thing that a lot of teams can say. Um, and yes, of course, as, as we know, we lost it, but still, you know, there, that, I guess that's some sign of progress in my mind, considering that, that United fell at the semifinal again, I, I know this is just the Europa League, so it's not what I should be basing like my expectations on, but it, I'm just going to use it to defend Solskjaer anyway. Um, yeah, it's just hard. You don't you don't see this stuff coming out at the times, and obviously when Solskjaer was appointed after the PSG game, remember this is back when we were at school and we were all watching the game together. And when when Rashford scored the penalty, I said, I said, you know, do we give him the job? And all three of us are like, yeah, of course. Like, there's not even a decision to make on that one. So. Yeah, it is tough. Just I, I feel like the it's not really hindsight. I feel like it's just like looking back and changing the course because I don't like I said I didn't see anyone at the time saying Solskjaer was the wrong appointment. You say he's the one to bring the culture back, the values back, um, etc. And and like I'm saying about these journalists and some articles, I'm seeing some articles that state that United have no culture or style, like historically, and and that they just win, um, and that Ole isn't the one like to bring the culture back, which both these points are incredibly stupid in my mind. Cause I think it's, it's literally the opposite for me where the problem lies with the coaching, et cetera, not like bringing back values. Like even the first point, like where the, the, I can't believe the journalist wrote that United have no culture style and, and it's just winning. Like, so we're just saying Sir Alex Ferguson just managed based off of vibes as well. Then like, that's ridiculous. We all know Sir Alex Ferguson, like four, four, two, obviously the wingers were like a big part of it, like two way central midfielders and, yeah, it's just crazy how 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 they could write this. I guess like no culture or style, and, and that Solskjaer isn't the one to bring the culture back. I think Solskjaer is probably one of the best people to bring the culture back. It's just like I said, the op- the other side of the coin that's um, that's probably not up to scratch because uh, as we know, Solskjaer always mentions United's values. Said this is what Manchester United stands for. Even after the win against Atalanta, you saw some journalists were asking him like. Did the players do this for you? And he said, don't be disrespectful to the main United players. They did it for the club. They did it for the badge and for the fans. So he knows exactly what the club's about, all the culture, the values, et cetera. It's just like, like we saw against Liverpool. We saw um, the concerns are on the other side. And Paul Scholes like nailed it after the game against Atalanta when, when I was jumping around like an idiot celebrating the win. He says, 
says Liverpool could be four and up at halftime if United play like this, and that's exactly what happened. So, you know, Paul Scholes, that was pretty impressive. Um, yeah, just the last thing, it's just it's it's very tough for for Solskjaer now. Like this is obvious, but as well as just with the run and all the speculation, you you see all the rumors now saying players are losing faith in him and and challenging him in the dressing room and in meetings and stuff. So it's obviously not what you want to hear, like to to see come out from the club, and and it's not you know you kind of got a feeling it's not going to end in, in the way that that we we kind of wanted it to and i don't think we have very much longer with with Solskjaer in charge uh, obviously unfortunately i'm still only in obviously i'm just like stupid at this point but i'm still only in just because i love the guy like i said and and i still hope that he can turn around with the players that he's got because he's, he's turned down tur- turned down he's turned around bad situations before so i'm hoping this could be another one but obviously I don't, i'm not going to hold my breath with that one so yeah that, that's it from from me for for united versus liverpool i don't really want to talk about much more about the game <laughs> For the Everton game, honestly, I don't have really that much to say. Um, obviously, it was a good result from for Watford, less so for for Everton, of course. Um, I saw as well Watford were the first team um, in in Premier League history to be trailing in the in the seventy fifth minute and then to win the game by three goals. So I guess that's a that's something to come out of this game. A little little piece of history, clearly not the not the one that Everton would want to be part of. But yeah, they just kind of kind of folded and even though they were still in the lead um or sorry as soon as soon as Watford like tied the game like everything was still getting a point out of it you still have chances to go forward we know Watford aren't necessarily the best defensively like they don't really have that many good players back there to be honest um Nicholas and Kulu's first game uh here for, for them but still they're, they're not really that good defensively Ben Foster's been made some big saves but made some mistakes as well um, and as soon as they drew, as, as Watford drew the game, it seemed like Everton kind of dropped their heads. I think what was the goal like 90 seconds later when, um, who scored it? I know Josh King got his hat trick, which is obviously kind of funny. His last goal for Bournemouth was against Everton, played for Everton for six months, didn't score a goal. And then of course signs for Watford and, and his first Watford goals come against Everton. It's a hat trick. Um, it's kind of funny, kind of ironic, of course, but. Yeah, it was it was it was good. I can't remember who scored that Everton that uh, that Watford goal. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, never mind. It was King, and I'm I'm thinking Kuchka uh, equalized off the corner, and then yeah, you know Josh King scored another, and then, and then Emmanuel Dennis at the end just kind of stopping and and Coleman kind of falling to the ground. So Dennis just has to roll it in the corner. Um, yeah, I don't really know. I thought this was a good game, and and before like that that four goal like swing in, in the last 15 minutes um I thought like a draw would have been a fair result to be honest even when when Everton were 2-1 up I said I feel like Watford deserve a draw at that point honestly it wasn't because both teams were great I thought it was because both teams like or sorry neither team really did enough to like differentiate themselves and just to win the game so that's why I, I thought there um it was interesting to hear well, not interesting I guess from from your point of view but I guess you know Goodison booing when when uh Anthony Gordon came off. He had a very good game. I kind of understand it. Like it's the same with Greenwood. Obviously, like I say, I'm not going to take everything back to United, but it's just a lot easier to to sub off just the younger players breaking through than you know. I know I know in Everton's case, the quality is not the same, but it's easier for United, for example, to sub off like Greenwood instead of like Ronaldo or, or Rashford or Bruno. So, um, yeah, but it honestly, it looked like a masterstroke. Like what was it? Like five minutes later, with Charleston scoring off a header. Um, I think it was like the second phase of a corner free kick. I could be wrong there. I remember the I remember the cross and he Ben Foster kind of comes out with Charleston just wins the header ahead of him. Um so yeah, that was obviously a promising return from injury. I didn't know he was gonna be appearing. I thought he was still injured until like the next next international break. So that must give give Everton fans a little bit of hope with that. Um obviously like I said, with the fact that he's 
he's back in business. Um, yeah, honestly, not much else to do. Uh, uh, not much else to say for this one. Ranieri's first first win as as a uh, Watford manager, so that's always good. You know, it's interesting losing five 0 to Liverpool next last week and then scoring scoring five goals against against their Merseyside rivals the next week. So I'm sure his, his emotions were probably all over the place. Um, yeah, I'm I'm just trying to think if there's anything else I missed on this one. You guys know, like I I like Watford, I like Everton as well. I, so I wasn't. I'm not gonna say I wasn't disappointed. It was just a. It was. I found this one to be interesting because I am a neutral in this case. I found this one to be an interesting game to watch, to be honest. And you know, newly promoted clubs coming up and, and creating shocks like this. Obviously, aside from Norwich, who might might finish with like the lowest points tally in Premier League history. But um, yeah, other than them, I don't know. It's kind of weird that this is what what works for Watford. Just sacking a manager after four games, after five games, we see it like repeatedly, and it's. it's it's strange how it continues to work for them aside obviously i guess the relegation season but yeah other than that like that was a, a pretty good game to watch but yeah the collapse from everton was definitely definitely worrying and i'm sure there's probably gonna be a lot of questions going on over there um everton had been on the or they i guess they still are technically on a good run of form so i guess we'll see if this has like a longer term impact or not but <clears throat> yeah looking forward to the to the next game between these two teams to be completely honest this was a, a really um really enjoyable one to watch so yeah that, that's it for me for for everton and, and watford so finally onto like the the last game uh ever or sorry not every time still thinking about everton watford um uh west ham against manchester city this was a good game like um obviously i don't have that much to say for it to be honest it was just great to see city eliminated on penalties um you know even though they drew they draw united in the semifinals quite often you know city do get the easy draws and you know the first hint of trouble they get knocked out so that was enjoyable to watch um yeah the the penalties most of the penalties were very good especially from west ham like you see craig dawson stepping up you're like oh god this one's gonna go like this one might hit the corner flag or it's gonna be blasted into space but it was a great penalty from dawson honestly they're all good penalties i think um stefan and goal got close to two of them he got hands to them i think it was bowen's and maybe it was Ben Ramos as well, the winning one. But um, yeah, obviously not not enough. City, uh, Phil Foden was the only one to miss a penalty in the whole shootout. He went wide. It looked like Ariola probably had that side covered anyway. But um, I'm sure that's not the way he would have envisaged the, the penalty going. Um, and yeah, other than that, there wasn't too much. Just a nil-nil game, I guess. Good from West Ham to, to be able to keep the clean sheets. We know that's how they set up, but obviously it worked against City. So West Ham, and even I know this wasn't a league game, but fourth in the league, so very impressive for them into the quarterfinals at the Carabao Cup. Um, I didn't see the whole game of this one, so that's why I'm not going like step by step what happened at at this particular minute. I saw the ending and then the the penalties, but yeah honestly it was it was nice to see and then you know if, if west ham wins the competition first of all it'll just be nice to be like a, a different club who don't who don't win things like i'm not saying that in a rude way like like they don't west ham haven't won a trophy in like god how many years um so that'd just be a nice change i guess it'd be nice for them as well and and then of course united would have the excuse of, of being knocked out by by the best team in the competition so that would make that result look a little bit less embarrassing which is really all that matters for for United fan is trying to explain some of the results that we've seen. Um, and yeah, that's it for this one, to be honest. I, I'm, I'm sorry I didn't really have that much to say. Just very pleased to see West Ham advance at the expense of City. And hopefully, I don't think this is going to happen, but hopefully this creates a lack of confidence in City's ranks and it really drops their form and 
you know, they, they lose every single game in the league so far, so or remaining. So that would be nice. Obviously, I don't think it's going to happen. I think City are just going to bounce back and probably like reach a Champions League final or something like that. But yeah, who knows? It's nice to see that that upsets can still happen. So yeah, I'm very pleased with, with the result of this one. That's that's really it. What, what I have to say for this one, I'm just going to keep it nice and short.